You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome to the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani with you after a 5-3 Braves win as they head out on the road and just pick up where they left off, seemingly as this month of June has been a lot of wins and very few disappointments for the Braves. And tonight, uh, there was really no disappointment to be had as Atlanta was able to find the runs that it needed late in the game to beat the Phillies in the opener of a three-game series. We're going to talk a lot about how this one all played out. Of course, we'll get you ready for game two as well and get you caught up on what was a very big news day for the Braves. Before we do any of that, though, want to remind you to subscribe here on YouTube to the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you click the bell to get those notifications and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, it was quite a busy day, but I think the main headline should be, as it was again today, Braves win 5-3. to three. They got just enough pitching, especially some good work out of the bullpen, and some timely home runs from their first baseman. That's right. Braves' first baseman makes headlines. Who would have thunk it after the weekend that we just got off of? Matt Olson with two home runs in this game to help the Braves win in Philly. Yeah, a great win. Obviously, you're going up against Zach Wheeler to be able to get a win like that. And we'll get into it on a night when Morton really didn't have it. But honestly, to come back after the loss they had on Sunday and come back in this game, blow a 3-1 lead late, and then still come through and get the win just shows you the character of this team as they've had some heartbreaking losses this season, Sunday night included, and they just continue to come back every time. And it's why they're in the position that they are right now and just four games back of the Mets in the NL East. Yeah, and the Braves have proven themselves to be a resilient club over the last four years in winning the National League East and making those deep runs into October and, of course, in winning the World Series last year. This is a club that knows how to bounce back and knows how to rally and come back inside of baseball games. We just did not see it over the first couple of months of the season. That, though, is a trend that has changed quite, uh, quite a lot, quite drastically in the month of June as the Braves have been on quite the run. And let's talk about what they did here in game number 75 of the season. we got a lot to get to. Braves improved to 43 and 32 on the year. Five runs, eight hits, and no errors. Five men left aboard. Phillies dropped to 39 and 36. Three runs, eight hits, no errors, and seven men left. Colin McHugh picks up the win in relief. He was outstanding today. Some big innings for the Braves to help them uh, hold on to uh, or hold on to a tie game and then allow the offense to get in and get the runs it needed to win it. McHugh's one and one. Andrew Bellotti takes a loss. He drops to one and three. And AJ Minter picking up the save. We'll talk more about that. It's his first one of the year. Game lasted three hours, 18 minutes, 27, 725 on hand to see it at Citizens Bank Park. And they saw a couple of home runs from the Braves' first baseman and a home run from the Braves' catcher, Travis Darno, his 11th. Matt Olson with two on the day, number 11 and number 12 for him. Uh, and you talked a little bit about Charlie Morton. So let's begin with what was going on with him. It, you know, after three starts where I felt like there was really some momentum going, it felt like Charlie was having a battle perhaps himself as much as he was battling the Phillies on this day. He did enough to keep the Braves in the game, but this was a grind for him on this day, Jake. It was. And look, you're not going to have it every time out there as a pitcher. And he is veteran enough to be able to get through these types of outings. And look, he should have gotten through six. If the Braves had a competent left fielder defensively out there, I think he gets through six yeah. innings, which is amazing because I thought there was a point where he might not make it through four with the way that he was pitching and just fighting and struggling with his command. So, 
you know, even though he didn't have his best stuff, he wasn't sharp in this one. I was impressed with the way that he battled through this. And like I said, could have gotten through six innings, through 102 pitches, just nine swings and misses. When we talked about all the swings and misses he's had in those last three starts. So clearly not as sharp. That curveball was not there early. And so hitters were able to just key in on his fastball. Um, but again, able to battle through that, had four walks on the night, be able to work around that against a Phillies offense that can hit and can mash. And those two guys at the top of their order, especially, are just very frustrating. It feels like you're going up there in a three ball count every time with Schwarber uh, and Hoskins at the top of that lineup. So I thought it was a great job by Morton to just continue to battle in this one. And like I said, work into the sixth inning and keep the Raves right there in it against Zach Wheeler. Yeah, you knew Zach Wheeler was going to be a tough ride for the Braves. It seems every time he lines up against Atlanta, he just racks up a whole bunch of strikeouts. So you felt like with Charlie Morton coming in with the role that he was on, that he would have a pretty good chance to keep the Braves in the game. And he did. Final line, five and two-thirds innings, seven hits, a couple of earned runs, four walks, only five strikeouts in this one. 102 pitches. He did have to labor at times. And Jake, as you pointed out, Marcelo Zuna's diving attempt that turned into a triple for Didi Gregorius in the sixth inning. That's one of those things that, to be honest, is a trickle-down effect from, you know, having Marcel out in the field. You had Mike Ford at DH, but the bigger story of the day, of course, was Ronald Acuna Jr. was unable to make the trip to Philadelphia. He's not available in right field, so you've got Adam Duvall in right field. Now, that came in handy as well, as Duvall made a pretty great play and, you know, nearly turned in a triple play, we thought, at first look, but at the very least, a diving play that turned into a double play for Atlanta in the third inning that helped out Charlie Morton. But the Braves were a little undermanned without Ronald Acuna Jr. That's safe to say anytime he's not with the club and not in the lineup. But yeah, with Ozuna, it's pretty much if it's hit right at him or near him, there's a good chance he's going to catch it. If it involves a dive or a jump, uh, the degree of difficulty has probably moved on to the point where you just want to, and I tweeted this out afterwards, I mean, at least it wasn't an inside the park home run. That run did end up scoring, but maybe in a less embarrassing fashion. Be that as it may, you know, at least on this night, that wasn't a decisive run in a decisive place for the Phillies in which they were able to take advantage of that defensive lapse on behalf, on behalf of Marcelo Zuna. Now, Dylan Lee came on after Charlie Morton, and he pitched some uh, pretty important, uh, uh, got out of the sixth inning, which was pretty important, but then ran into trouble immediately in the person of Kyle Schwarber, who had a game-tying home run to center field. I've really liked what I've seen from Dylan Lee. You're not going to be perfect every night. Cal Schwarber has clocked a lot of home runs off a lot of pitchers in his major league career, but that was just one of those where maybe just not being as familiar with him is just one of those things where a major league hitter will take a mistake pitch and make you pay for it. Yeah, I mean, a mistake pitch right down the middle in June is Kyle Schwarber's month. So, uh, yeah. you know, he, he apparently just crushes in the month of June regardless. I, I love Dylan Lee. I talked about it on the podcast uh, on Tuesday, um, and I talked about it on, on TomahawkTake.com as well, wrote about it. I love Dylan Lee. I think he's somewhat been underutilized. And look, I like the move to McHugh, and obviously it was great. I would have been fine if he would have left him in there to finish off that inning. I have that much confidence in Dylan Lee right now. I know he gave up the homer, and I know you had the righties coming up, but uh, it's not like righties have been crushing him either. So I love what Dylan Lee is doing, and he's going to have to step up because, you know, as we're going to talk about, Jansen down, Matzik down. He didn't get to play in his rehab game tonight, so that might push him back a little bit further. So uh, guys like that, Lee, McHugh, they're going to have to step up in these middle innings. Yeah, they're going to find some big moments, I think, for guys that you may not have called on in these situations. But when you are down a handful of good relievers, you're going to have to find a way to get through it. It's the next man up mentality. That's something the Braves have been all about over the past few seasons. want to remind you to make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. 
This podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Just use the code Locked On. That is code Locked On. Every order is insured, ships free, arrives in discreet packaging, and won't give away what's inside. You can shop stress-free and find your forever piece at BlueNile.com today. Uh, as far as Colin McHugh is concerned, I think that he was obviously in picking up the win. It was well-deserved in this one because he came in and he had an appearance I think that he'd been really looking for since he was sidelined on the COVID IL and didn't come off with the results he wanted immediately, but is looking a little bit more like the weapon that the Braves need and the guy that they signed in the offseason to play an important role in this bullpen. One and two-thirds innings, four strikeouts for Colin McHugh. And you mentioned the, the news of the day, obviously, Kenley Jansen landing on the injured list, irregular heartbeat for him, something he has dealt with before. Obviously, it's something that you have to monitor closely and can be a scary situation when you hear about it and think about it. And clearly, Kenley's been through a lot with a couple of procedures to deal with it. But the Braves are hopeful that just by resting it up a few days and then getting back into some baseball activities that he won't miss more than the 15 days that he is placed on the injured list. So we'll see when Kenley is back. But in the meantime, it meant that the bullpen was going to have to redefine some roles. And that means in save situations, like we saw tonight, A.J. Mentor will be in there. I'm sure we'll see Will Smith get some save opportunities. He was in that role last year for the Braves. But, Jake, yeah, guys like Colin McHugh, guys like Dylan Lee, they're going to have some pretty big opportunities here leading up the All-Star break. Yeah, McHugh in particular, I mean, coming in there and then Snickers sending him back out for the eighth inning, I think spoke volumes of the role that McHugh is going to be playing here over the next couple of weeks, like you said, until Kenley comes back and they they feel pretty confident that he can come back after the 15 days. But McHugh is going to have to play a big role in those seventh, eighth innings because it sounds like Snickers is going to split those save opportunities between Minter and Smith, maybe using them, you know, in back-to-back -back days, uh, maybe splitting up the save opportunities there. I personally would love to see Minter kind of just take hold of that role and get it during this this time with Kinley down. Uh, but it's great that Braves have options, guys who have been in that role uh, and have that experience closing out games. It certainly does bode well for the Braves here. Now, and I will play devil's advocate a bit because when you look at A.J. Minter, and I, I tweeted this out earlier today, that, yeah, I mean, arguably he's been the Braves' best reliever this year, and the numbers would certainly bear that out. His wins above replacement would tell you that as well. But I feel like there are going to be times, perhaps with Kenley Jansen down, that you're going to want to go to A.J. Minter in certain spots to get you and get your offense in a chance to remain, say, in a tie game or you know, just to come in in a really sticky situation and get a couple of big strikeouts, whereas maybe Will Smith is not the guy that comes in and misses bats the way that A.J. Minter does. But you're right, Jake. I mean, having options and being able to play the matchups a little bit will be something Brian Snitker is going to be looking to do here over the next couple of weeks with Kenley Jansen down. You also mentioned Tyler Matzik. He did not get to pitch in his rehab assignment because Augusta was rained out. But the good news is that Tyler is out and on the road to, you know, hopefully getting back in the Braves bullpen at some time in the not-too-distant future. Eddie Rosario was once again in action for Gwinnett, was able to play in his game on this day. But, you know, those returns are not necessarily imminent, but they could be coming here within the next week or two. And hopefully both of those guys will be back in strengthening the Braves in the run-up to the All-Star break because, you know, you're going to have a matchup with the Mets before you break for the All-Star game, and that's going to be pretty important. And this was a night in which the Mets lost handily. They got blown out by the Houston Astros by a 9-1 score, which means the Braves are once again four games out in the National League East. And, Jake, you know, the Phillies without Bryce Harper, they're dealing with their injury uh, that's going to probably change the, the face of their season, and that's probably the understatement of this show. Braves are dealing with their own injuries, but this is what happens over the 162, and you got to persevere. Yeah, and it's why depth is so important, obviously, for teams like this. I mean, 
Ozzy Albies goes down and you have a guy in Orlando Arcia that many were kind of confused why the Braves, you know, signed him through his, his arbitration years in the offseason. It's for reasons like this. When you have a starter go down, you have somebody like Arcia who can come in and fill in and hold down that spot if you need him to, you know, and you have guys like Eddie Rosario, you know, that could be coming back. You can platoon him with Adam Duvall out there. And I know Duvall splits are kind of, you know, different here the past couple of years. He he hits lefties good one year, righties good last year. But still, you, it gives you options is what it does. And, you know, we talked about on a night like this where you're putting Mike Ford in the DH spot and Ozuna's having to play left field. Uh, I mean, I know Rosario's not a, exactly a great defensive upgrade out there, but still, I think I'm better than, than Ozuna out there right now. So, uh, again, it's great to have that depth, and it's good to see some of this depth coming back because, like you said, with Kenley down, being able to have Matzik come back and hopefully – you know, he's the Matzik we've seen in the last couple of years. That's going to be a huge boost. But, yeah, over 162, it's not always, you know, who's the best on paper every day. It's who's got the most depth because you're going to have injuries like this that are going to come up. And that's why it's so important to build out that depth in the offseason. I feel like Alex Antopoulos has done a good job of that. Yeah, he has. And really the thing about it is putting guys in a position to succeed in the best spot for them. And Marcelo Zuna, everyday left fielder, is not the best spot for him. And that's been the case for quite some time. So, Getting Ronald Acuna Jr. back, perhaps during this series, Brian Snitker spoke before the game and said that Ronald remained in Atlanta, got some treatment on that left foot. Remember, he fouled a ball off of it over the weekend, did not play on Sunday. Team had the off day on Monday. Ronald not in the lineup again on Tuesday, but they're hopeful that he'll rejoin the club on this road trip, perhaps in this series, and not need a stint on the injured list, which would further set back the Braves being without their top player for any length of time longer than a day-to-day -day situation. As far as the offense in this game, we talked a little bit about Matt Olson and the importance of what he did on this night. Travis Darno got the scoring started. Then Matt Olson followed. They went back-to-back -back with home runs early to help the Braves build up a lead. But then, you know, you're looking for these moments for Matt Olson. And we just got off a long, emotional roller coaster of a weekend that even carried on over into Tuesday. If you follow the reports that Freddie Freeman is now looking for a new agency after getting his six-year deal with the Dodgers, we're not really going to get into that whole thing. But it's just a story that keeps on keeping on. And, you know, for Matt Olson, and I felt like this had to have been a, a surreal and strange and weird weekend for him in a lot of ways. So I'm sure he was ready to put that weekend behind him and get back out there and play baseball again and not have to be concentrating on the former first baseman of the club. Let's concentrate on the present. And the present is a pretty darn good player who came up with a big moment today with that go-ahead home run, a multi-homer game, and helping the Braves get this win in Philly. Yeah, I think I know that weekend was needed a lot for Freddie Freeman. I think it was needed a lot for the Braves and for Matt Olson to kind of close that book officially and move on. And Matt Olson, I know that he has the support of the Braves fans behind him. While a lot of them still love Freddie Freeman, they know Matt Olson's our guy now and they're going to back him and support him going forward. So hopefully, I don't know that he was being tight or anything with that, but hopefully this does help him relax a little bit. I've noticed lately he's just just missing balls, and he's been popping up a lot just getting under him. And even the first whole run today, he got under that one, but luckily uh, he got it out to right field. But that second one he hit was an absolute laser shot. He also had a line drive to center field in this game. He had three balls hit 100 miles per hour or harder in this game. So great signs for him. I talked about in the loss on Sunday, even though they lost that game, I love the, the at-bat for Matt Olson in extra innings to tie that game up. I thought that was a big moment for him mm -hmm. to come through in a clutch situation there and tie the game up. So hopefully he does get get going. As far as Travis Darno, I love him in the second spot. And I know Dansby's been great there as well, and I'm sure Dansby will go back there when Acuna's back. 
But I love Darno in that second spot because he gives you a good at bat every time. Mm-hmm. I wish he would take his walks every now and then. Uh, Wheeler tried to walk him tonight, and he just wouldn't let it happen. But, I mean, he puts up a good at bat. He's going to put the ball in play. And that was a huge run that he scored there in that third inning. You know, Danzig flew up to the track. Michael Harris, smart, tagging up, getting to second base. And then with two strikes, Darno puts the ball in play, gets it up the middle for a big RBI there and run scored. So, uh, yeah, those two had a big night there, hitting second and third in the Braves lineup. Yeah, a couple of guys who were big contributors on this night. Adam Duvall also with an RBI double late. He also made that great catch in right field. So he was doing it on both sides of the ball, and those home runs were big in the Braves, picking up this victory over the Phillies in game one of this three-game series. This episode of the Braves Postcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. You'll find an amazing selection and reliably low prices. Make sure you write locked on in their how-do-you-hear-about-us box so that they know we sent you. All the parts your car or truck will ever need can be found at rockauto.com. Let's talk about game two of this series. It comes your way on Wednesday night in Philadelphia. Kyle Wright, 8-4 and four on the year, 3.18 ERA. Ranger Suarez on the hill for the Phillies, 6-4, and four, a 4.23 ERA. We knew going into this series, Jake, that the Braves were going to be facing the better starting pitchers for the Philadelphia Phillies because you get Zach Wheeler in game one, you win on a day he pitches. That's a double victory in my book. Now you got Ranger Suarez. He can be a little bit tough. And, of course, Aaron Nola is waiting in the finale. But, you know, the business is right in front of the Braves to win a series, and they can do that on Wednesday. Yeah, really looking forward to see what Kyle Wright does in this start. Last two outings, he's given up double-digit hits, really been leaving some balls over the middle of the plate. Has not obviously been as good as he was in April, and he was just unbelievable in April. But last two months, his ERA has been more around four. So uh, looking for him to kind of get back on track. And this is a big game for the Braves. Obviously, if you want to win the series, winning the first two is a good way to do it. But uh, when you have Aaron Nola lurking in that third game, I think this is a, a big game for the Braves to, uh, like I said, sure up this series win because Nola has looked like Aaron Nola uh, that we've seen in the past this year. And the Braves got to Ranger Suarez the last time out. I think they got him for five runs and four in a third inning. So hopefully that continues against him. A guy who doesn't strike out a lot, uh, really relies on weak contact. Hopefully the Braves can make some hard contact and get him out of there early and get another win. Kyle Wright will be gunning for win number nine of the season as he matches up with Ranger Suarez. It's a 7.05 Eastern time first pitch at Citizens Bank Park as the Braves look to win the series, secure that series victory behind the right-hander Kyle Wright with another win up at Citizens Bank. Thanks for joining us here on the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, a good night at the ballpark for the Braves, who rallied to beat the Phillies by a 5-3 final score. For Jake Mastroianni, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you next time on the Braves postcast. Until then, so long, everyone.